fourth grade spelling bee champion. I don't remember the word that I spelled to win it at our field trip to the one-room schoolhouse, but I had a smile on my face as we walked single file on the side of the old country road, the cattails and pussy willows pointing the way back to school. The crisp October wind kept tousling my hair as if to say, great job, kid. Well done. Red Flag Poetry is sitting here with uh, Steve Schilling, author of Fourth Grade Spelling Bee. The entire Red Flag team is here for the first time during an interview. We've got Matt, Pete, Sarah, and Wes, and we're, uh, we're excited to sit down and talk about, uh, talk about some poetry things. So, Steve, usually the first question that we like to ask um, has to do with mail that you've received. Okay. So what's the most significant or maybe most interesting piece of mail that you've received recently? Oh, recently. Oh, or, or ever. Ever's okay, too. Well, ever's okay. If you got a good one, we'd well, love to hear I, it. The most interesting, well, the most recent piece that I've gotten recently was a letter from the Catholic Church. And my wife is Catholic. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and they wanted to know if I wanted to come and take some classes and see if I wanted to uh, join up with, <laughs> with the brigade. And... <laughs> My wife just kind of thought it funny because it was addressed to me from the church, and she usually gets all the mail from them. And so it was. She, she, she had a real good laugh over that, and so did I. And I'm getting I'm getting a lot of already ARP things because I'm 45, so I figure I'm close to that too. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Trying to recruit you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe the numbers are down. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. It was a really well it was a really well worded and very nice letter and <laughs> I probably should frame it. <laughs> have you uh, have you uh, have you attended these classes yet? <laughs> no, okay. I, okay. No Just, real plans to go ahead right. and do it, but it, it was it was nice. It may perhaps if the pope had signed something, I I probably give it a real consideration. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, um so we uh, we were really taken with your poem, uh, fourth grade spelling bee champion. There's something, um, and it and we I think we placed it specifically in uh, what month was this October? October. Well, I think we uh, pay, uh, placed it specifically in October because of that back to school kind of feel. Um, mm -hmm. There's a real autumny feel for it that I, I think really hit a point of nostalgia with everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. um, so could you tell us a little bit about the poem? And I think Matt wanted to know. What the, well, I actually I wanted to know if you were were in fact a fourth grade spelling bee champion. Uh, yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's some there's some truth to this, and there's some some other things along with it. Um, I grew up in Michigan on on Lake on Lake Michigan in a small town called Grand Haven, and my my school took a field trip down the road to. Uh, one room schoolhouse that is that it's not very far from it and and I went back for my 20th high school reunion and happened to be going out to the elementary school reminiscing about places that I grew up and things like that I really hadn't been back to town in a long time had been living in Pittsburgh for a while uh, since then and remembered the trip to the schoolhouse and took a trip out there to see it. It's still standing. It's still there. I'm, I, I don't know if they still give tours or whatever. And ended up having this memory of going there. And while we were there that day, learning about 
kids our age dipping girls' pigtails in the ink wells and using slate boards and stuff like that. We had an impromptu spelling bee, which I, which I happened to win. All right. Yeah. So I'm sure that I, I beat out probably, I'm guessing it was probably Melanie Anderson. And if she ever listens to this, she, I don't know that she'd remember, but she was the smartest girl in our class that I, and, and she, I, I, Somehow won. I, I I was always good with literature and words and things like that, and I lucked out. So I, I guess that's where the title comes from. And and I do remember walking back to school, and I remember it being a windy day, and there are some cattails and, and pussy willows and beach grass and other stuff that's along the way on the walk back. And I just remember I, – I just can still picture it like it was yesterday, that walk back and, and the pride that I had in – I I finished first in something in class for once yeah no that's great there's something there's something about the image of that one room schoolhouse too that i think uh evokes something different for everybody else i know like my grandfather used to tell me stories of being in a one room schoolhouse and but he was the kid who always had to beat out the chalkboard erasers because yes. he, yeah he got in trouble and or he'd uh he'd you know go fishing in the morning and then wander in late at lunchtime and you know so um, that's that's what that makes me think of. But the, that's that's a really great that's really great image, a really great image, and it really it really stuck with us. I think. Oh, thank you. And, and I mean, I grew up actually half a mile from an, an old one room schoolhouse that is now gone. But my entire childhood, it was boarded up, and this this vacant building that I wanted to go to. Um, but I, at that time, I was too young and too afraid to break the rules and break into this building. Uh, but like my aunts, my aunts went there into that school when they were at that age but yeah it's gone now so well, well that's true I, most of the ones that you do ever see they're boarded up they're they're mm -hmm. they're left to rot and and this one it it has it's kept pretty well in fact i i went when i went back there this summer with my son i said i showed him the elementary school and i'm like let's just take a drive down here because because you guys had already selected the poem and i'm like i just want to see if it's still there and everything and there's still a sign that that talks about it being one of the first schools in the area and it's still painted red and 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 just kind of looks pretty nice for its age because i'm sure it's it's pretty old at this point right right oh awesome um so <clears throat> how long have you been a poet uh well i've been a poet since uh 1992 okay when I first started taking classes in college and started learning. So truthfully, I, I probably, I would probably say I haven't, I've been a poet since 95 when I graduated. Gotcha. Uh, a lot of, a lot of time spent learning the craft and then chose after college to pursue it as a bit of a writing career and, and have done so ever since. Great. Well, so in that in that period of time, what would you say the best piece of advice that you've um, you've been given as a poet would be? Uh, the best advice I've ever been given is lower your standards, and that is as a <laughs> cure for writing block. <laughs> gotcha. Because as my professor really Jack Riddle from Hope College said, when someone was asked, "What do you do for writer's block?" he said quite simply lower your standards and it, it took me a while to realize what that meant and I remember asking him and he said well you know you come to class and and you you read your poems 
and everybody gives you feedback and it feels good and you leave and you feel good about yourself and then you go home and you try to write the next one and you feel it has to live up to that and you have a hard time starting it. And that made sense to me because that's exactly what happened in the first class that I went to. And I remember feeling like, well, everybody seemed to like those. What do I do now? And I didn't really know what to do. And I, I kept waiting till the last minute, about an hour before I had to go to class. And, and then I'd write something and I'd bring it. And, I'd, and so that was that's still the best advice that I give young writers that that I work with in school. And and it's never failed is that, you know, if you just sit down and you just write and not worry about form and line and everything else, you can do all that stuff later. Right. I can't tell you how many uh, of my own creative, because my undergraduate degree is in creative writing, uh, how many stories and poems were written in, with that very style. Like, I've got to write, tomorrow is my peer review day, I've got to get this done. Uh, headphones in, I'm, I'm just going. And it's some of the best things I've ever written, I feel like. Yes. Me too. And that's what I, I, I remember going to him saying, I, I think I'm having a problem here because I keep writing this at the last minute. And Jack said to me, Steve, he goes, it's different for everybody. It'll come for you at different times. And right now for you, it's coming at the last minute. And he goes, you are writing your best stuff right now because of that, because you're getting everything out of you because you have the deadline and the clock's running down to zero. And I, I remember it'd be like five minutes before class and things would be coming off of my dot matrix printer. And I'm, I'm like waiting for it to, to squeal across and then rip off the, the, the copies I had to have and then bring them to class. And, and I, I don't advise that for everyone, but I do think it does work. Yeah. I, just, I just read an article the other day about how writers are the best procrastinators. So yeah. That's, it's really resonating. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I have that too. And I remember my poetry workshops sometimes sometimes actually writing on my way into into class and, and oh, photocopying sure. and um yeah it's it's not was you the guy that brought like handwritten copies to i was yeah i was the guy uh, who like yeah i was the guy with the handwritten copy uh, um that nobody could read anyway so speaking of all of these terrible habits that we have as productive as they may be what's your worst writing habit well my worst writing habit is, probably has to be that I start writing a poem and then I walk away from it too early. Uh, that that if if I sat down with it a little longer that particular day, I'd probably get done a little faster, probably get a little further along with it. I would still walk away at some point and come back to it and, and definitely edit it and go through that process because nothing ever really does come overnight, but but Sometimes I have to remind myself to to go back to ones that I've let go too long, and sometimes I do let them go too long, and then they just they drift away like so many do, and just become other lines in the notebook that never got anywhere, never went anywhere, and maybe never will. Sure. So what what is your process, Steve? Do you do you write daily? Um, mm-hmm. Do you tend to be uh, prolific in that way, or no? I'm not. I'm definitely not like like I believe it was. William Stafford who got up every morning and and wrote a poem as soon as he got out of bed that would be that would be awesome if I if I could do that but I it's it's more I think I'm just inspired by things be it I hear a song lyric and it reminds me of something or 
or a lot, a lot of it for me comes from reading. And I think that people tend to not read as much as they should. I think that, that reading poetry helps inspire other things in you, be it from somebody's lines or the memory that is that, that like, as you guys said, you guys had memories of, of school and going, you know, back to school and, and even one room schoolhouse that you saw in reading mine. And, and that, I think that's the whole idea of it is that, that to read and, and be inspired is, is why we sit down and write. And so, you know, it happens for me at different times. I can be out riding my bike and, and I get a line and, and I'm, I'll be talking it out as I'm riding my bike home and people will be looking at me like that guy's talking to himself. And I, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to not forget everything sure. uh, before I get home to write it down. Right. So do you do you handwrite? Do you keep a notebook or are you a typer? Uh, I'm, I'm a note, I'm a handwriting notebook type of guy, but lately with the advent of these smartphones, I, I will admit that a lot of times I'll sit down with my phone as I as I feel the lines come and I'll write them out in my notes sure. or even even because now my my phone doubles as the GPS for my bike I I can stop and use the voice notes and talk it out right there I've done that in traffic uh, I've, I've, sure. yeah. I, I find it I find it really helpful and then I'll take it from there sit it down on paper and I like to see it that way I, I still think it's important because I'm, I like the process of crossing things out. I like uh, moving things, circling things, inserting a word in a spot where I finally find it and go, okay, it should go here. And then I type it out, and then I see how it looks, and then I print it out, and then I look at it some more, and then I, I put it aside, and then I find five more words I want to put in it or a different line or a different title, and then keep going through that until it till I think it's okay, and then, then it goes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got to teach uh, high school students for the first time over the summer, and they and we were reading poetry and writing pro- poetry, and they seemed to have this idea that they couldn't use their like this had to be a very particular kind of process. The people didn't take notes for poetry on their phone, or if they were walking outside, they couldn't you know look something up, or they couldn't make those connections, or if they were trying to read something, they couldn't look up a word. And it was and, and you know what what better tool to kind of move poetry forward than uh, than a smartphone that you can take a note in or that you can look something up for yeah so, yeah I, I agree because word choice is big I, I'm very big on that it, it's something that I teach my own students to try and strive for that instead of using the word orange you could use a word like tangerine and that can change the entire piece uh, I have another poem I remember I, I, I kept filling around with this line about a, a, a pink sky and I was like it's just too that's just too easy and it's, it's just not what I'm looking for and I saw this pink flamingo on somebody's lawn and it, and I I thought that's the word and and so the line is you know I I, I walked home tonight under a flamingo sky and, and oh, it works, yeah. and I would never change it because I looked so long for that word to make that poem work, and that one word changed how I looked at the poem entirely. Mm-hmm. And, and I think with, with smartphones, when I when I dictate to, to Siri some of my poetry, the way that she screws up some of my poems also sometimes <laughs> yeah. makes it better. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that there's something to that, too, that added, and I think we were talking about that with Ken Sherwood a little yeah. bit. 
So yeah, I think that this is a brilliant. Yeah, it's really funny. My my son, we use we use the Siri GPS a lot just for fun when we when we drive around because she'll mess up some of the some of the locations and and won't pronounce them correctly and we just get a kick out of it. So it, it is funny what Siri will do. Yeah, when we we talked about uh, our poet last month. I was involved with some poets who who use technology in really weird ways to generate text and to generate using search engines to generate lines of poetry and stuff. And it was just it was an interesting conversation, and it's weird in, at the intersections that poetry and technology have. But um, yeah, I, I don't think Robert Frost would approve because right. he, he, yeah. he, I don't I don't know what he would think of all this other than to say it's all wrong. But I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by that too, yeah. and the way and the way people think about it and use it, it's just it really is inspiring. Yeah. Uh, so you've mentioned a couple different poets in our conversation so far. Um, so who is who is your poet? Maybe the first poet that you found yourself um, becoming obsessed with, or or who's your who's your poet now? Who do you go to for for inspiration and guidance? And well, a little of both. My my first poet was Lucille Clifton. Oh yeah. He, she came to my college for a reading, and I had to go, and it was my first time doing anything of that nature, and I wasn't really sure where the poetry class was going, mm-hmm. and for me, and I had to go to this reading, and I'd never been to anything like that before. I mean, I'd been to plays, I'd been to to symphonies and stuff like that, but a poetry reading, I, I really felt out of my element, and... So I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I remember sneaking out of my my room, you know, telling my roommates I was going somewhere else because I didn't know how they'd react. You know, where are you going? A, a poetry, and I listened to her, and she did homage to my hips, and I, I and she when she did it, she she came out from the podium and she swung her hips left and right, and and Lucille had me there, like I was like, wow, this is this is not what I expected at all, and this yeah. this lady's great. So I go up to her afterwards, and I just want to thank her because, you know, my grandmother and my mother had, had taught me, you know, be really polite to people. And I go up to her afterward, and I said, Miss Clifton, I said, I said, you know, I'd really like to thank you for coming to my school. It's the first time I've ever been to anything like this, and it was really neat. And she goes, oh, did you have a poem of mine that was your favorite tonight? And I said, well, I really like the one about your hips. And, and she squeezed my cheek. And she goes, you know, you're really cute. She goes, thank you for coming up and saying that to me. She goes, if I were a little bit younger, we could run away together. And I was like, wow, this is like a really famous person who's saying this to me. Because, I, I mean, I knew she was important. I'd, I'd done all the, the research and read everything in class. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Oh, So Lucille had me there. And then, I mean, today it's, it's a lot of – I like a lot of contemporary poets. Um, I like Ted Kuzer. I, I like uh, Jim Daniels, who's someone who has a lot of local ties, and you know I'm just always I'm always constantly just trying to read people yeah. and, and find somebody new. You, you get your poem in a journal. I, I tend to read the journal from front to back to be like, you know, who who are, who are these people? Where are they from? And sometimes you'll see them run across another poem next year somewhere and be like, I remember that name, and and it's kind of neat. Yeah, we're trying to do that too. I mean, so this is our second year, and we've been building slowly, and we're trying to do that now. We're making connections in in Pittsburgh, and and it's 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 cool to kind of network across. And you know, one of our one of our biggest supporters is I think the third or fourth poet that we ever published, Aaron. 
No. Daryl. 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 Daryl Miranda. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool to to build these kinds of communities with, mm-hmm. you know, poetry is a tough thing tough thing to sell. Um, Very much. So, <laughs> so so speaking of which, we've got two more questions for you. Um, do okay. you uh, do you have what are you working on? Are there projects that you're working on that we should know about, or that you want others to know about? Um, well, I mentioned a little bit earlier when we were we were talking beforehand about a poem that came out with First Class Lit, which is a website that also does poems with postcards, which is kind of neat. And my daughter uh, ended up having her painting as the postcard. And we have those available uh, through me for, for the grand big total price of a dollar nice. and there we limited them to 25 and and that was pretty neat because to be able to do that with her <coughs> had special meaning for me uh i'm constantly working on a collection of poetry loosely titled from out of these hills and hope that i can finish that off i know that all my colleagues at school are asking where is it where is it and as you guys know with the editing process these things take time uh and you know just other you know just other poems new poems always trying to put things out there and and hope that they make it somewhere awesome awesome well we look forward to uh we will look forward to seeing your work um so last question how do you feel about the brangelina breakup steve (laughs) well i think it's a win for him yeah 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 uh uh, probably a win for for girls everywhere, given that Brad still looks pretty good for his age. Uh, you know, it's not it's not Angelina's first time through the breakup. Of course, she had Billy Bob too. That's and, true. That's yeah, true. That's that. true. So, how could you forget about Billy Bob? I'm sorry. Jesus. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I don't know if she, I don't know if anybody. You know, has her number. You know, I'm just, I, I mean, I've been I've been looking, I've been yeah. looking, but I haven't. I I must have lost it last time. So yeah, yeah. yeah she doesn't call as much as she used to. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, St- uh, this uh, it's been great talking with you, Steve. Uh, this is uh, Red Flag Poetry's Matt, Sarah, Pete, and Wes with Steve Schilling and his poem Fourth Grade Spelling Bee Champion. So keep an eye out for. Steve's upcoming work, uh, next month's poem, and I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah. thanks to all of you. Yeah, it thanks, was great Steve. talking with you. So.